0: Previously in Eastwind, the group realized they needed to find a way into Dr. Terror's retirement party. Lab Rabbit rescued Skeleton from prison. Lancer met Ryan's attractive older sister, who used to work for Dr. Terror, and got her to agree to go with him to the party. Ignition went through the taxama Lost and found to create villain personas for the group. And the three were ready to attend the supervillain event of the year. What repercussions will they face on this mission? Find out in Eastwind No. 5, Grail.
1: This is Eastwind, an AAPI, Infinity City story. An actual play using the masks, a new generation system from Magpie Games. We're aimed at exploring what it means to be a hero in the Asian American Pacific Islander community. And this cast and I will combine our unique worldviews to help answer some big and small questions. I'm your GM, Connor. I use he, him pronouns. And I'm at Conador Crunch on Twitter. And you can also find me on Magpie's curated play program where I GM... Not just masks, but Avatar Legends, and uh, you can come play with me literally right now as you're listening to this. And to introduce
2: the cast for this game, I'm Ken Rolo, using he-him pronouns, playing Kai Riley, aka Ignition, with my character using he-him pronouns. Ignition is Ty Dom in Irish and using the Scion playbook, and you can find me at Ken Rolo across the internet. I'm
3: Jordan Nguyen. I use they-she pronouns, and I'll be playing Cherry Chung. A.K.A. Lab Rabbit, who uses she/her pronouns. Lab Rabbit is Vietnamese and is using the Nova playbook. You can find me on the other Infinity City podcast in the Reclaimers, or you can heckle me on Twitter at Cuttlefish Tweet.
4: I'm JPG, he/him pronouns, playing Leo de Armas, A.K.A. Lancer, with my character using he/him pronouns. Lancer is Filipino and is using the Soldier playbook, and you can find me across social media at Speaker JPG.
1: So. For the opening of East Wind, what we see is the outside of a pretty large, but also featureless and nondescript warehouse. There is a line of supervillains extending well around the corner of this building as they're all waiting to be, like, waiting for attendance to be admitted. And I think once the doors <laughs> finally open up, People begin, like the supervillains begin, and I don't want to say rushing inside. Supervillains, by and large, as a community, are somewhat structured. And yeah, I think it's just a nice steady pace as you all begin to start moving. You're probably somewhere near the middle of the line. And from your spot there, you all hear the voice of Ryan Manolo over the earpieces that you have in your costumes as he says, Testing, am I coming in clear? Lancer, I'm sorry, AFib, AFib,
4: Aphib. yes, AFib, are you reading me? Yeah, yeah, Ryan, don't, you sound a little bit stressed right now. It's just my, it's
1: just my first mission, and I just, I don't want to screw it up, and you all look so good in your villain costumes, and. As he's talking, Brianna pulls her earpiece out and drops it on the ground and steps on it. And she says, look, y'all, my brother means well, he really does. But are you really gonna listen to him all night?
4: Okay. So as a soldier, I understand that this stuff doesn't come natural. Obviously it came natural to you. You're calm under pressure and very beautiful. And I don't know why I added that second part. She flips her hair back and just like knowingly nods, but your brother has a knack for this and whether it's briefing us with information whether it's building us awesome mech stuff on uh, mechanical stuff on the spot or being in the van and making sure that we have backup there's a lot to respect to that
1: she says you know what you're right i i spent all last school year away from ryan And uh, now that I'm back, I can see he's done a lot of growing up. He's matured a lot. And uh, I guess I just hadn't realized it. It He was a little too close. And she, she leans close into your ear to say to Ryan, I'm sorry that I broke your earpiece. Please forgive me. And you can hear Ryan over the mic as he says, "Oh wow. And uh, yeah, when she leaned forward. You could absolutely just smell the perfume in her hair. I think it's around then that, uh, yeah, because you know what? So I'm sure that, Lab Rabbit, I'm sure that, like, you arranged a time for Skeleton to meet you. And Skeleton is late to this party. I think this is when he shows up. He is 14 feet tall. So not, like, terrorize a city tall, but tall enough that he's, like, stepping over cars and stuff. He comes around the block with these ch- gigantic steps, and he shrinks down to about seven feet as he comes down. He comes right up to the group of you all, and he looks down at everyone. And uh, he says, "Ah, here I am, ready to get you all into the part." Wait, what's she doing here? And he points accusingly at Brianna, and Brianna looks affronted, and she
4: looks to you, Lancer, and she says. What's he doing here?
3: God, is he not supposed to be here?
4: When we played Rock, Paper, Scissors, huh? I didn't think you were going to break someone out of jail. When we played Rock, Paper, Scissors, <laughs> I didn't
3: think you'd bring a date, and now this is the closest thing I have to one, and I hate it. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that right that
1: Skeleton looks at Lancer and says, Wait, are you dating my ex-girlfriend? Not cool, bro. Not cool at all she says you know what eugene lancer is cooler than you'll ever be and uh, she crosses her arms and just turns turns away from him and like he just ignores that he's there
3: Cherry, what is like afib is super cool i don't know who lancer is
1: without turning around <laughs> she says yeah that's who this guy is afib not the thing i said
3: yeah and like <laughs> in an attempt to be supportive towards skeleton she'll just Hold his wrist. She doesn't want to actually hold hand, so she'll just hold onto his wrist for support. is like, hey, Eugene, she is right. Like, he is cooler. That's all she says. She has no follow-up to that statement.
1: Lab Rabbit, when you say that to Skeleton about how Lancer is much cooler, Skeleton hangs his head and he says, Yeah, I know. I was actually I actually knew that Brianna would be coming tonight. Was trying to make my way in here to win her back. So, oof! I just didn't expect for it to cut that deep. People like to say, oh, skeleton has no flesh on his body. He's impossible <laughs> to wound, but you know what? The heart inside my bones still beats. Was that as deep as I had wanted it to be? I uh, I got really high before I came to this party. It was the only way I could confront Brianna. I don't know. So yeah, the line begins to move forward and you all start gradually surging into the party. When you make your way in... There's obviously the VIP area that overlooks the entire floor. It's like that elevated balcony look with the little velvet rope separating it, like separating the staircase. And there's two surly bouncers standing in front of that rope, just like there were two surly bouncers standing at the door to uh, check everyone's invitations as you all came in. And as you look around, this place is crowded. People are having fun about... 60% of the attendees are supervillains, and about 40% seem to be, like, normal people. Dr. Terror, obviously a supervillain. The reason the police aren't here is because, like, he's not wanted for anything right now, which is why, for him, it's ideal to retire now, because he's (laughs) not actively being sought by the law. You see him in the VIP area. He's not that old. He's... Like for retirement age, you would think, oh, Dr. Terror is probably like 70. But I think he's, I think he might be like 42 or something. He just looks like peak, peak supervillain dad or peak supervillain daddy. Uh, Yeah, he's talking with a few other big names in that VIP area. If as you're looking around, I don't think you see Earl Hawkins yet. But there is a DJ, there's a bunch of, like, lights and, uh, like, strobe lights. But also just, it's, yeah, like, you can tell that lighting was, like, like a priority in creating the aesthetic. Because they've got spotlights, they've got different beams, they've got lasers in places. They might have, like, actual mad scientist lasers, too, mixed in with the lighting lasers. So just be careful out on that dance floor, you never know. Uh, (laughs) There's a large... Item concealed underneath a very like decorated and adorned tarp, disguising what might be underneath it. It is every bit as big as three or four cars stacked on top of each other. It takes up a huge amount of space. And the tarp is probably like this like purple velvety thing with the giant white fur running along the edges. It's very like ceremonial and ornate. And it looks like it belongs on royalty or something. And, uh, there are absolutely spotlights illuminating it. And yeah, I think people are already starting dancing. There are people like getting drinks at the bar of which there is one. And there's yeah, it's it is like a pretty like turned up supervillain party. Cherry is just going to let go of Skeleton and just have. OK, so
3: right here I'm looking for Oh god, it was Earl Hawkins. It looks like a pretty lanky vampire. So if you see somebody that looks like a vampire, just send a text to me or feel free to punch him and I'll get there eventually, okay? You're free to go. You don't need me to leash you or anything like that.
1: No, I can be here on my own. I know what I'm doing. Look, do you want me to grow super big and see if I can spot him from high up or something? I can... Or, you know what, I'm very loud when I'm big. I could just call out his name a couple times.
3: Yeah, you know <laughs> what, we can definitely do that. More importantly, how are you with your ex? Is like, that joke doing okay right now? Do you feel like you've confronted her
1: properly? Oh, see, I still have this plan where I will just, let's see, I could, I could start a fight maybe mm-hmm. and then show off how strong I am by beating whoever I fight. And then okay. she'll fall in love with me again. So you're trying to fight Afib? That's a good idea. That was not my idea. Wait, was it my idea? I literally don't remember.
3: That's, you know, what? that's fine. It's an idea. If anybody asks, it was not mine.
1: Gotcha. We didn't plan this together. I Hey, look, I'm no snitch.
3: Yeah, he can i'm trying to be supportive here i think he can take you and i
1: appreciate that I, be... you're you're a good hero i think if there had been more heroes like you when i was growing up i might have gone a different way i still would have smoked a whole bunch of weed yeah. but i wouldn't be doing crime for a living i'd probably be be the weed superhero is that a thing no I, I, it can be a
3: thing stone I'm just...
1: bone oh stone bone it's it's right, right. there huh I'm, tra- Wait, but I'm
3: trying to be a villain right now okay you're right okay. you're right we're both villains okay, villain pointers what do we know about villain pointers do you have you've been in this like game a little bit longer than i have when it goes to villains at least so yeah Anything so I should in mind?
1: important thing to keep in mind there's mm-hmm. no secret handshake even if they tell you there is mm-hmm. they're just trying to trick you into making a fool of yourself that's <gasps> what i did at the last super villain party and they still laugh at me a little bit about Okay. but other than that yeah, yeah villains and heroes are a lot alike other than the crime mm-hmm. she keeps that in mind as like
3: he's literally here right now because she'd commit a crime
1: yeah because <laughs> heroes never do crime just us villains huh Yep, yeah, let's see so is there anybody who's like young big and hot right now around here oh shoot you know who you're talking about yeah don't say you. Oh, no, I wish. Like I said, I've been out of Infinity City ever since me and Bri- Brianna broke up. So I think I've, lo- I've lost a couple of steps. But I, from what I hear right now, like the hot guy is the dodo.
3: Why are there so many birthing people in the city?
1: Because like for some reason, like broadcasting that you can fly is a big <laughs> deal. Can the dodo fly? i don't think he can i've never Uh, seen him fly but
3: yeah his name is dodo
1: okay can dodos not fly they're
3: supposed to be extinct
1: well (laughs) oh yeah you're huh i don't get his name then yeah is he saying he's dead is he saying so he's flightless and dead
3: i don't know is he a zombie
1: all i know is that he robs banks really well but i've actually like never really worked with the guy Um, I've seen him, I've seen him working, and he's a really good fighter. I don't know if he has any powers. You're kidding. Okay, I'll I'll
3: check that out. Okay. Could
1: you Um, imagine if he's as popular as he is and he doesn't have any powers at all? That's impossible. Yeah. Never happens. (laughs) No, actually,
3: Litter has powers, but, like, he can do a lot with it. Good luck with the fight. And then she leaves to the rest of the party. She's just like going off to the main rave area to like dance and get a drink and just hang out with people for a bit. If she sees Earl, then
2: she'll punch Earl. But if Earl isn't here right now, then she's just going to hang out.
0: Elsewhere at the party.
2: The electrocutioner would actually move towards the sound setup so he could attune his headset so he would have noise cancellation for the music playing so he could better hear the partygoers to see if there's any kind of chatter going on. Like trying to kind of essentially eavesdrop on everyone, but using his powers to offset the constant music that's blaring within the kind of like the dance area. And that's just, just essentially assessing the situation and subconsciously also trying to figure out how to come to grips with the fact that he let his mom into the system back at Texama and how he approaches that with Commander Lightning. And it's just a, a panel of, okay, reset the settings in his head. How am, I gonna, how am I gonna tell him what happened? Okay, changed changed this chord to this, and then just like a back and forth in his head of just constantly two different warring thoughts in his head.
1: You find the Dota. Because he's got a costume. I think it's all all blacked out. Where it's yeah. it's it, like it's got that sort of very like advanced-looking body armor sort of stuff, but the distinction is that like his mask forms a beak shape at the nose underneath the goggles, which it looks kind of like this sort of vicious, un-Dodo-like beak, but it sure enough, this is the Dodo. And uh, he lifts his hands to his head. As you try tapping in across all of these signals, being broadcast in every different direction, you find that there's a ton of them, but you drive all of the feedback into one person's electronic headset device, the Dodo. And just by angling his head, From the point of broadcast, he's able to see that it's you. Like as he's looking around, he realizes that when his headset's pointed in your direction, this feedback is at its strongest. And so he adjusts the volume down and uh, stalks over to you and he says, you trying to listen in on me, punk?
2: Do you want to fight? Is that what you want? And right away, executioner starts to power up and lights up his suit. So it's primarily black with like just a yellow tinge. But as I start to power up further, it goes brighter yellow. And it's, I was just trying to get rid of this shitty music. You got a problem with that? So I try to puff my chest up and act like I'm a threat to the Dodo. And clearly they're not buying it. Dodo leans back. He's about to punch you when your mom steps
1: in. Turan supervillain and she says boys let's just cool things down there's no need for violence dodo go take a walk and the dodo glares at her for a moment expressionless imperceptible aggression just radiating off of him but he backs down and she turns to you and she says kai how are you this evening?" other than getting into fights that you can't handle. I
2: powers down his suit and starts to ebbs off the, the voltage. Just trying to enjoy my, myself with a few friends. What are you doing here? I thought this would be below you. I owed Dr. Terror a favor
1: from a thing at a time before. It's really, it's boring. Did you Did you appreciate my gift earlier? I guess, uh, it's, I guess it's
2: disingenuous for me to call it my gift. Really, that was your gift to me. I was surprised you got past my firewalls. Clearly, I need to work a little bit better on that. But at least I don't think you got too much out of that information. Out of the server, I guess I should say.
1: that. That would be assuming that they, in fact, did remove everything that I put on there. And maybe they did. I guess you don't know, do you? The comms are still active, and you hear Ryan's voice over them say, "Wait, what's going? Kai is or er, igni- electrocutioners? Is everything okay? Are you? Are who are you talking to? Is what's going on over there? Is everything
2: all right?" We're secure here. Just stand by, um, and then I go ahead and click off my mic, broadcasting to him to the rest of the team. But I still, leave, I still leave it active, so it's essentially just mute-buttoned. She chuckles to herself and says, You wouldn't
1: have to deal with any of that if you just came and worked with me. What would, what would
2: Uncle Shay say? He doesn't have to know. That's exactly why I wouldn't go with you. Thank you for helping with Dodo. But really, if you want to earn some points with me, have you seen the Hawkins here?
1: Oh, you're chasing after them, huh? Look, you're barking up the wrong tree. The Hawkinses are dangerous. Stay away from them. You can't handle them. I guess that's going to be my fight to have. Look, yeah. I don't know what it is that you want with them, but they kill everybody they work with. So just watch out. You're still useful to me. And, uh, yeah, she'll walk away.
2: And then I'll go ahead and I'll wait till I feel she's far enough away, and I click back on comms. Sorry about the radio silence, guys. I don't think... I, can't, I don't have any additional intel on the Hawkins, and I may have just upset the Dodo. So... I think we're. Oh, I'm flying blind right now.
3: That's a real shame as Cherry's like talking back into the comms. I hadn't seen where the dodo went.
1: He's over by the bar, I think. He's got his mask pulled up to the beak so that he can drink a drink.
2: He's over by the bar. He's having a shot or something.
1: All right,
3: sounds good. Yeah, just everybody be on the lookout. We're on a mission. And then she turns off her side of the comms and walks over to the dodo.
0: Elsewhere in the club.
1: Lancer. You and Brianna are here and uh, she's looking around and uh, seeing people dance. And she says, what kind of, what kind of party guy are you, Lancer? I mean, I'm sorry, AFib.
4: Uh, pa- party guy? Well, yeah, with the... Brianna, what time is it? Is that like a trick question? No, like the actual time, Brianna. Oh, I think it. she looks at her phone.
1: <laughs> she says, I think it's 1038.
4: Yeah, this is two hours past my bedtime already. She cocks an eyebrow, and she says, Wait, re- really? <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to wake up at 3 a.m. to go running? You have to be in bed by
0: 8.30. Oh,
4: you mean like you're,
1: that, that body is all you then? That's not some sort of super formula or something? No, this is just good old training. I don't have... Traditional
4: that's, superpowers that's, like you guys. Like a real six pack, then. Oh, okay, okay. Interesting. Brianna, if you'd help us out with this and you play your cards right, I might be able to extend my bedtime a little bit later.
1: Cherry turns her calm back on just to laugh at right him and then mutes it again. Lancer, here at the party, you see Bromelain and the rest of the third hike. Bromelain sort of serves as the pinnacle of white supremacist toxic masculinity. Even his powers are derived from a highly acidic and caustic caustic substance commonly found in pineapples. He wears a heavily armored football pad uniform, just like the rest of his football team. But as the team captain, he's distinguished by his pineapple theme. Uh, You can see it reflected everywhere. Logos on on his jersey little little maybe his maybe his yeah his his helmet is a pineapple it's just a pineapple the rest of the third hike are still wearing that sort of sci-fi armor battle football uniform and they're serving as his depraved hype men as they bully anybody unfortunate enough to cross their path so, Bromoline and the Third Hike are heckling and hassling the DJ when a couple of bouncers show up and just scatter them off. And they start heading back across the dance floor. When Bromeline elbows into Lancer and he says, "Whoa, oh, small pint, maybe watch where you're going. Although, wait, who's this you got here going with you?
4: I was not under the impression that you would be dumber than an actual pineapple. I get it. You think that because
1: I'm dressed like a pineapple that I'm some kind of idiot, but I'll have you know that I'm actually a pretty specific biochemist who is really into racial purity. Like you're below me, like in the hierarchy of villains, because I'm a super villain who's a scientist and also, I'm just better than you.
4: I just think like all of us are uncommon. There's like a panel of dead silence. And then a panel of just all of us laughing at the dumbest fucking racist that we've ever talked to. Wow, I've met uh, I've met bigots before, but I've never... Uh, I've uh, Man, like I've met bigots before, but I've never met any bigots who couldn't spell the word bigot. Purity?
3: Motherfucker, your sh- bloodstream is 10% pineapple juice.
4: A bunch of the
1: other supervillains around hear you, and they start laughing at Bromeline as well. And he, like, clenches his fists and realizes that that, like, the sentiment is turning and that he doesn't hold the power in this situation that he thought he did. And you see him get, like, this look of anxiety on his face even a little bit, where he says, whatever, buddy, I don't even know you, but you just made an enemy for life. You better watch your back. What's that guy's name? And like the third hike, all shrug their shoulders. They don't have any idea who AFib is. And he says, whatever. I know what you look like. And uh, trust me, I'll, I'll get my payback. And he leaves. He just like, he stalks out the front door of the party.
0: Back inside the party.
1: We cut back to Cherry, who is meeting up with Dodo. I
3: think she just takes a drink from the same source. If it's just going to be like a bowl or like just a fountain drinks or a machine on the side, whatever it is, she's going to be just like sharing a drink on the side as she just like approaches him. It's like, hey, so you are the, uh, you're Dodo, right?
1: What gave it away?
3: My cheery demeanor. Yeah, it was probably that one. Like, apparently your big shirt around here.
1: Yeah, they, you robbed three banks in a row and I guess... It, you get some sort of streak going and people start rooting for you. It's weird. Legit. So, I don't know,
3: what's up with that? Are you doing anything interesting with the money?
1: Not yet. Honestly, like you don't get as much from Robin banks as you'd think. A lot of the cash, cause I didn't break into any safes or anything. I just took everything that they had behind the counters. So I paid off my car. Wait, so you broke into banks, but you didn't take the big bucks? I didn't... I robbed a bank. I didn't break in. The doors were open. It was during normal operational business hour. You know, now that I'm talking about it, it doesn't sound quite as interesting. And uh, But also, like, I'm not the one responsible for saying that I'm at the top. That's just something that people started spreading around about me.
3: Do you want to be at the top?
1: He leans back and grabs a drink from behind the bar and hands it over to you. And he says, I guess you could say that I'm used to being on top. I'll take it. And then, yeah, she'll accept the drink and take a
3: sip. So, if you need a hand, then I could definitely help you get into there. I don't know. It just feels if you're just going to the front right there, it's not going to be that big of a deal for a while.
1: I can get you, like, behind the scenes to stuff Really? See, I haven't I haven't really worked with anybody yet. What? Especially anybody with powers. Do you have powers? A true gentleman never kisses and tells. I didn't come here looking for a gentleman today. Dodo says, All right, look, I'll be honest with you, I don't have powers. I've managed to get by off of luck, skill, who knows. But whatever it is, it got me invited into the VIP area for Dr. Terror. I was just hanging out, looking for a date to take up there with me. If you're interested. I'm not going to turn on a VIP. Yeah, I'm down for that.
3: Also, like, I really do mean it, though. If you need help, and she's going to like point over to a skeleton of whatever the hell he's doing <laughs> in the background. I was like, that guy's supposed to be in prison right now.
1: He brought a yeah. Rubik's Cube with him. He's the guy at the party doing a Rubik's Cube. He has this, like,
3: guitar that is, like, proportionately too small right now, and nobody can he hear it. He has a
1: guitar, too. Oh, God, he came with so many things. He came to the party with so many things. <laughs> there is this
3: duffel bag of, like, things he stuffed into a corner so that he can, like, find new ways to be entertaining.
1: <laughs> you didn't notice because he was so big when he walked up, but, yeah, he had a bag with it. We get like side-by-side panels of Lab Rabbit and the Dodo, as well as Lancer and Brianna all headed up into the VIP area. Lancer was invited by Dr. Terror after he told off Bromaline and the third hike. Then there's another panel on the next page. Where electrocutioner's is still just down on the dance floor.
2: So I see the flirting going back and forth between Lab Rabbit and Dodo. And then I start to see everyone start to congregate upstairs. As I've lost track of where my mom's gone, I'm going to attempt to go upstairs and join the rest of the crew. As
1: you're walking upstairs, you get a text message from your mom that I think displays across your heads up interface or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it says, huh, it looks like your friends left you behind. If you want to promise me a favor, I could get you up there with them. And this pops up in front of your vision as you're like maybe four or five steps out from approaching the bouncers. And they're just standing there and looking at you like hesitantly because you have paused and they don't know if you're walking up to them or not walking up to them. So they're just kind
2: of looking at you hesitantly. Kai takes a moment and considers everything and turns back and then actually goes to hang out by the bar with Skeleton because he doesn't want to feed into his mother's chaos. So just I leave her uh, on red. So she just gets three dots. We get a panel
1: of her somewhere else, in the, maybe even in the VIP area, with her phone out, and she sees that and then looks down at the dance floor and sees you, and I think we see her smile to herself a little bit
0: in the vip area
1: we see dr terror mingling with some other supervillains and earl hawkins he is in the vip area sitting on a couch next to a supervillain that you all probably recognize as snake oil she's a mystical snake supervillain and they're deep in conversation when you see the two of them. And in fact, neither one of them look at you as the four of you all enter the VIP area. I think Dr. Terror gives like a polite nod to Brianna and makes a gesture to say that he'll be with you all in a moment.
4: I think Llam and I just kind of look at each other. We shrug and we just keep going.
3: There is like this like mutual acknowledgement of both of them acknowledging, okay, we got it going on. All right, nice. And then whispering under the cons, Oh, shit, that's right. We're on a mission. Okay, let's go talk about that.
1: It takes a minute. But yeah, Dr. Terror makes his way over to Brianna and Lancer. I think he like gives Brianna, and I will specify, I want to like be very clear here. He gives her a non-problematic hug. Yes, he is a forty-two-year-old man hugging a nineteen-year-old girl, but with the stipulation that he's doing it in a in, like in a way where it's clear that he's he just appreciates and respects her.
4: <laughs> with one armed and like more mentory than anything else. Exactly. Okay. And, yeah. And it, I really appreciate you making that distinction. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> like
1: he he checks in with her to see how she's doing, like with school and everything since leaving the internship with his villainous franchise. Doctor Terror says, "All right, so who is this that that that's here with Brianna? I don't think I've ever heard of you before. They the one of my assistants said that you go by AFIB, right?
4: Yes, sir. And to be quite honest, I'm." Um just another person with vision and talent we both understood how incredible brianna is that is true she's got a real future ahead of her in villainy or whatever she chooses to apply her talents to i appreciate how open-minded you are about not taking paths of villainy as, as being your sort of first or last resort
1: Oh yes, it was my passion because you can only do so much mad science before you realize that the only way that you can ever make it profitable is by hurting people occasionally. But I—it was never about hurting people. It was always
4: about the mad science for me. It's a refreshing take. Being a person of science as well, and he like gestures over to the like the arms that Ignition made him. He says, "Ah yes." Those, I spotted those. Those are really quite something.
1: I don't believe I've ever seen anything like those in this dimension. They're, they're truly quite spectacular. If you're a fan of science, I've got some news for you. There's going to be a pretty big reveal tonight. I'm, I've decided to unveil my final project. And he gestures over to the stage where that large MacGuffin that I mentioned earlier is hiding under the tarps. And he says, so if I were you, I'd make sure to stick around at least for, at least for the next half hour, because
4: that's when I'm gonna, I'm gonna show it off. You know, I'll make sure that Brianna and I get a great place to view this. If you had time though, sir, I'd love to maybe talk to you a little bit about some of your philosophical stances about villainy and how it is both misunderstood and philosophically enlightening. One of your arms falls off (laughs) while you're talking, (laughs) but somebody
1: calls Dr. Terra's name. And so he looks in the other direction for
4: just a moment. I actually have an idea. I look at Brianna and then I look back at Dr. Terra, and I say, look, sir, I don't want to lie to you. Uh, I understand that um, some people see you as a, a mad scientist. Um, especially people from my community, the hero community. And I am completely upfront and honest with why we're here, because the Hawkins are going to be bad for the mad science business.
2: I still have connections into the sound system. I could change the music to be like triumphant, swelling music, pull something from a soundtrack. And just back you up for this momentary, like, bravado moment? So, Dr. Terror is stunned for a moment, but as
1: he's reeling, it all wraps together and just brings him back to the moment and grounds him. And he says, I had heard rumors that might be a possibility. I'm glad that you've confirmed it for me, though, and I do appreciate your honesty. Especially as a fellow scientist, I've been worried that the state of mad science would be in hands that were incapable of, of what I always found so special about the villain community. I, uh, if you need help, I'm I'd like to offer it in any way that I can.
4: Okay. My team is here. Is. They're a way that you can tell us what the Hawkins are up to. He looks over his shoulder at
1: Earl Hawkins, who is still on the couch of the VIP area. And he says, I honestly don't know. He's been throwing a lot of money around, which is why I invited him. But I genuinely don't know what they have planned. I wish I did, but I don't. They, uh, they're very secretive. I only just realized that they're actually a part of the villain community a couple days ago. They're a world famous capital investment firm. I had just always thought that the kind of villainy that they dabbled
4: in was that kind of villainy, not the not our kind. Well, capitalism's the worst villainy that we can think of. It is. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm getting out of the game, but that's neither here nor there. Would you let us exchange information so I could, like, maybe later, could I contact you in order to try and figure this out? Or, hey, would you contact me if you find out anything?
1: He looks over at Brianna and just nods, and uh, she turns to you and says, I'll get you his cell phone number. It's at that moment that uh, one of Dr. Terror's Assistants approach him and he says, oh, time already, huh? Okay. Then I have, I'm about to go show off my last invention. I hope you all stick around. It's going to be, it's going to be something. And he heads down the stairs of the VIP area and starts approaching the stage. And he gets on stage and takes the microphone and starts speaking to the crowd, like going over like the highlights of his supervillain career. And from the VIP area, Cherry, you can hear Earl Hawkins like openly scoff at some of the points and Snake Oil is trying to hush him down and get him to not be so derisive.
3: Just like starting to like crouch around the corner with Dodo and- see the vampire over there I, not a real vampire i don't think but it looks like a
1: vampire oh yeah he looks like the biggest kind of scumbag
3: yeah so anyways and i'm here to have fun but along the way turns out that dracula motherfucker over there has been like pretty pesky at times so might as well while we're here but other than that i'm gonna enjoy the night but like keeping an eye on that guy
1: i got it i got it i can play it cool all right
3: cool cool yeah, do you have any way to... Okay, does the big dodo head actually do anything, or is it just decorative?
1: It's got all my electron... It's got about the same hardware that a cell phone has.
0: <sighs>
1: yeah. I Like I said, I, I've never really needed the powers or the equipment or the training or any of that. I just... I usually just get through. I just get by.
3: Okay, you're gonna see me do some real villainous heisty stuff in just a sec, but... I'll be right back, okay?
1: Hey, if you need the help, I've got your back. Awesome. (laughs) She ignores that, and she's going to teleport behind Earl Hawkins' chair and just try to listen in from there. As you listen in on the discussion between Earl Hawkins and Snake Oil, and you hear them talking, Earl Hawkins is soliciting her for help in keeping a magical creature asleep. And in exchange he will provide the resources that her cult needs to summon the snake deity that it's trying to summon tomorrow. And they come to this mutually beneficial arrangement, and she agrees to go leave with Earl tonight after this party to go keep this magical creature asleep, essentially. Earl is very vague about the nature of the magical creature, but Snake Oil seems to be confident that she can keep it magically asleep for sure.
0: Back at the bar.
1: Skeleton is I think at some point he broke the Rubik's Cube by accident. (laughs) His skeletal fingers snapped his guitar strings. He went through probably five or six other props. In the last 15 minutes, and and he is now just, yeah, he's got his uh, skeletal vape pen, and uh, he's sitting at the bar with a half glass full of Shirley Temple. And uh, he says, so I guess we're
2: just a couple of rejects, huh? I guess so. And as he, Kai, just blankly agrees with him, as Kai's seen that, like, after tapping into the sound system, He started to try and poke around energetically around what's going on underneath the tarp. And it's very, it's got a weird energy that he's not, he's, that's both familiar, but also feels off. Like, it's not just another sound system. It's not something he can't quite identify what it is. And so he's half listening to Skeleton and half trying to feel out what's, but he's trying to do it far more passively than he did last time because he didn't want to set off someone else's headsets again.
1: As you're doing all of this, Skeleton looks over his shoulder and says, oh, you, are you trying to figure out what's under there?
2: Yeah, I mean, like we were saying, sometimes you just got to reveal what's, in, what's inside. Yeah, I heard one of the waiters <laughs> talking, and they said it was
1: an earthquake machine. And so as you're putting the pieces together of what you're learning from Skeleton versus the energy signatures that you're working out from the... Hardware provided by your mom. You realize that this is not the typical earthquake machine. This is going to create a sentient living earthquake. Dr. Terror has found a way to create life that is an earthquake. Essentially, it will have a largely ethereal form that looks like in comics when you see something that's like living sound waves or living lightning or whatever, where it's like it's amorphously drawn and it like distorts the light, but it doesn't necessarily have a physical form. It'll look like that. It'll be like a guy or a, a, like a thing, a creature that has like a humanoid shape. As the last
2: panel, I open up my comms and say, Team, I've got earth-shattering news.
1: And that's where we're cutting this episode. A special thanks to Elliot of Infinity City, who has donated his time to support marginalized stories by editing this podcast. You can find Elliot at PodcasterElliot on Twitter, where you can find links to all of his amazing work. Also, a special thanks to IndyTan, Malay Chinese content creator who composed the intro music for Eastwind, an AAPI Infinity City story. You can find Indy on Twitter at It's Mr. Mask, and you can make sure to check out their work on Dice Comics at Dice Comics as well. Finally, a special thanks to Ralph Ballesteros, our Manila based Filipino concept artist for Ignition, Lab Rabbit, and Lancer. You can find Ralph's work and see if his commissions are open on Instagram at The
4: Milkfish Arts. Thank you so much to Connor and the rest of the cast for putting on another great actual play. Our hope is to create a space where an AAPI audience is
2: inspired to do more for their community. We encourage our listeners to support reputable AAPI nonprofits that keep our community safe. We cannot stay quiet when one
3: of us in the community is hurting. So we encourage you to check out StopAAPIHate.org to report incidents of hate and to take advantage of its care
4: resources. We play heroes on air, but we hope that you can be a hero to someone in need. Thank you again for listening, and please remember, it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. I just want to let the audience know that to beat a racist, just make fun. of <laughs> It's <laughs> you know, really the best way. A place that is safe for you to do. Make sure that you are safe once you're doing that. But also, the only way to stop a racist is to either beat the hell out of them or demoralize them do either or please and that's a flash fact <laughs> i love flash facts
3: <laughs> there's a little caption at the corner of the page of how to beat a racist
4: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's a at the end of each east Wind comic there's just like a there's like a dear anti-racist right